Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Jeremy Brown. Beginning his entrepreneurial journey at age 19, Jeremy used his free time to interview hundreds of successful people across the country, learning from their expertise and their advice. As Jeremy's business development and sales expertise grew, he decided to write his first book in order to, in order to establish authority, generate leads, and increase his credibility. The result? His business exploded and Jeremy knew he had found his calling, empowering leaders to share their stories. Thanks so much for joining me today, Jeremy. Hey, Diane. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to have you here. I um, love this topic because um, I, I think everyone has a story in them and it, it's pretty much deciding what they're going to share and how they're going to share it and all that. So that's actually where I want to start. How does someone identify their true message and the best content for the book they're going to write? Yeah, I think it's a, that's a great question because it's not about just publishing a book. It's about what's your next best book? What's your best book you have in you right now? I mean, and I'm looking at your books, Diane, you've, you've published a book pretty consistently. Like if, if you're at the same pace going on your, your track record, you're going to be coming out with your next book in 2025 because you published one in 2010, 2015, 2020. Am I, am yeah. I right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'll be looking for your email and getting in. You should start just putting right and there should be like another call to action of like, Hey, I'm every five years. Got one coming out in 2025. Get on the email list. Can never start promoting too early. Right. So, yes. um, well, I think here's how it starts. Diane is, um, I really think it's not about doing a book. It's about what's your very next best book. What's the most relevant book for you to publish right now. And I think of three things, time, timing, in the times. So number one, time. Does somebody actually have time to write a book right now? Because I talk with so many people and they're like, man, I really need to write a book. I've always wanted to write a book. I just need to do it and get it done. I can't seem to, to make the time for it. And I talk to them a little bit and we figure out, well, listen, this, you do want to write a book. You really should write a book, but now is not the time. You don't have time for it. And that's totally fine. It's not a priority. So I think that's the first question is how important is it to you relative to every other thing you have going on in your life right now? And then timing. What is the timing in the marketplace, in the industry, in your own life? Um, the timing has to do with what goals will this book help you reach over the next five years? Because that's the shelf life of a really good book. Hopefully they're a lot longer than that, but really hot, really relevant. You can write it for a long time. Five years is a good, so you're right on it, Diane, but five years is a good time frame to think in. So is the timing right for you to publish this book and will it be relevant to help you reach the goals you have right now? And then the times. 
what the times is, what are the times we're in? What does the world need? What are your customers? What do your readers need for you from you right now? in the times we are in, the macro needs in the market that you can speak into. So I think those are the first three things, time, time, and in the times. And then out of all the things you could write about that you want to write about that you know you're qualified to write about, we, we created a thing that I'll share with you just super quick. It's called the burn process. And even if you don't go through the process or really know the process, the, the concept of it will help you. And we always start with every author um, and we burn their book. We burn their ideas. And the whole concept is this. If I throw a bunch of materials into a fire, only the things of lasting value will withstand the flames. I'll have diamonds, gold, and steel. And that's what we want to do with your book, with your story, with your ideas, with your content, is we want to throw it all into a fire, so to speak so that we can find the things of lasting value. They're, they are the diamonds that display beauty through testimony, the steel that gives strength to other people and they can build something with it, and the gold that is valuable, I will pay for it. Those are the ways, those are the concepts you can think in to find your very best content. Because it is true, the world doesn't need another book right now. There's not really, you know, people say, well, I, I know I can't really come up with anything new when it comes to leadership or whatever, but really, even though wisdom is timeless, it always has been, it always will be. It's always the same wisdom is it doesn't change. That's what we can rely on it for. Wisdom is always the same. There is nothing new under the sun, but there has not been somebody who has experienced that wisdom like you, your life experience, your story, when you speak from it, you're totally unique and you can give somebody a new perspective on an old idea and it can be a game changer for them. You know, this is so great. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I love all of that. I, I think that just makes so much sense. And I want to go back to the first one, the, you yeah. know, do you have time? So if someone checks off the other boxes, it's timely, you know, it, it's relevant to what's going on now. Is there a way that they can find the time? Well, I think anybody can find time for whatever they want. I really do believe anybody can find time. Anybody can find money, no matter how much time, no matter how much money, if it's something you really, really want. So I think that is the question. How important is this to me? Uh, yeah. um, I really think that's it. And I mean, people are super capable. I mean, I have an 18 year old son and I'm telling him, I'm teaching him all the time. Like if you really want something, um, if anybody really wants something, they'll find the time, they'll find the money. Money is really not a, it, it is a decision-making factor, but not as much as the perceived value of the thing. I'm teaching him how to sell real estate right now. Vacant land, raw vacant land. Oh. I buy vacant land and I sell that same vacant land. You know, there I'm never going to get on HGTV because it's super boring. It is it is not interesting at all. And I really love it. I really enjoy it. And I'm teaching him the business right now. And I'm telling him, if, how dad, how would people find money to do this? And I'm telling him, if if they see the value, if it's valuable to them, they will find the money. Just give them the opportunity to do it. And I think that's the same thing with somebody's book, with somebody's time, with somebody's money. If it's really important to you, you will find a way to make it work. The question is, how important is it to you? 
in light of everything else you have on your plate right now. And if it really, really, really is important, then you just square up with that and go, okay, this really matters to me. And I need to, to sit down with myself, sit down with my spouse, sit down with whoever it is. And I need to really say, this matters to me. This is probably what this is going to take for me to do this. So, you know, with my wife and I, it's like, well, I just came out of a time where I did uh, 90 days and I worked late two nights a week, every week. Now I don't do that very often. And we really committed to a 90 day period where that was going to take place. And I ended up stopping it a little bit early, but we came to that agreement of this is very important. It's going to require some short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain. And this is what we're going to do. We aligned with it and we made the time for it. And we found out that we didn't need as much time as we thought for once. Usually it's the opposite. But I think that's the first question, Diane. How, is, how important is it to you? Yeah, I do too. But I really like that <clears throat> sitting down with someone and, and committing to it, You know, mapping it out, picking a defined amount of time and deciding how, what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Because I, I find for me that that's part of the problem. When I wrote my first book, I went to a co-working space every Saturday and I would sit there all day and write. Yeah. The second book was a totally different story because it was a different sort of book. The th this last one, it, it was tough for me to get back into that mindset of carving out very specific time to write. It was just, you know, a different, I was in a different place with my business. You know, my time a lot was different. So it took a little longer to write. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're, I think you're right. And, and we, we, we have to, I, I think that we play way too small in terms of giving ourselves an opportunity. It's just, is it important to you and trusting yourself and your, your network around you to support you in making it happen? Like I, I tell everybody this, I tell myself this of like, okay, I know that if this really, really matters and I really square up with it, we can figure the money out. We can figure the time out. There's never enough. Yeah. Right. There's, yeah. I'm an entrepreneur. I've been a full-time entrepreneur for 18 years. I never have enough money to do what I want to do. I don't even let that enter into my decision-making until it's really getting down to the wire. I'm not a fool about it, but I really first think about, do we need to do this? Is it going to be required? Like, where are we at with it? And it's like, well, yeah, we need a new website. Like we were at that point here about a year ago. We need a new website. It can't be, we can't cut any corners on it. We got to invest a pretty good amount of money into it. Okay, well, we got to figure this out. I got to do it. I didn't have the money. I never have the money. So if that, if that's the expectation you have of like, yeah, when I go to set a new goal or I want to do a new thing, I'm not going to have the time up front. I'm not going to have the money up front. That's part of the process I get to go through. It's part of the growth I get to go through of, okay, I get to find a way to make the time. I get to find a way to make the money and then I can do it, but it will never have the time or the money in an, in, at the beginning of a new voyage. Yeah. Right. That's right. All right, this sort of leads into my next question, which is, what would you say are the top, let's say, five reasons why some authors do better than others? Top five reasons why some authors do better than others. Well, it's, I would say the first thing is, that's a great question, Dan. I'd say the first thing is, the things we were just talking about right now is yeah. they don't have a clear goal on the outset that they're really committed to. 
So I think you got to have a clear goal. You got to know, and here's what I mean by that specifically on the front end of your project, know what you need to get as the author out of this project to make it make sense and make it worth it. Cause you're going to put in a lot of money. You're going to put in a lot of time. You're going to sacrifice a lot. You're going to say yes to this and no to a whole bunch of other things. And it's got to be worth it for you. And so really squaring up with what is my goal and is it worth it? That's number one. Um, number two, I would say successful authors that have good books that are the page turners that get me on the front, get me on the back, get me all the way through. They start with a clear, we call it a blueprint on the front end of the project. I say the term blueprint, other people might say outline, but it's a very specific chapter by chapter breakdown of the book. And you want to start with first the macro. So I'm kind of ble bleeding in number two and number three. I'm going to do that right now, Diane, if you're okay with that. I'm sure. bleeding, putting number two, number three together. Um, that outline needs to start with, I'll give you the checklist. It has to have a project mission statement. What's the North Star of the book? Here's the mission statement. Number two, what's my flagship concept for the book? What's the number one idea I want a reader to walk away with? Uh, number three, you got to have your goals written down. I try to do top three goals for the author. Then we want to have top three goals for the reader. What are the goals for the reader? What do you want them to be saying? What do you want them to be doing after they're done reading the book? And then um, <clears throat> lastly, we have a in-depth audience outline. Who is my number one reader? Not 10 different kinds of readers. Who will I visualize as I'm writing this book? Like I'm talking to them and they're sitting there with me that in-depth of an audience outline. So that's the beginning of it. And that helps you square up with it. You want to have those elements. Then you want to go into every chapter. You want to say, here's how many pages or how many words I'm going to dedicate to this chapter. Here's how much real estate I'm working with. Most people don't do that. They just start writing. Oh. Here's how many pages approximately I'm going to give this chapter. Here is my mission statement for this chapter. This chapter needs to accomplish this, nothing more, nothing less. Here is the number one idea for this chapter. Out of all the things I want to communicate, here's the number one takeaway. And here's how this chapter will tie back and point back to the primary flagship concept. Here's how it points back to that. And then here's how it's going to transition. Here's the chapter, transitional concept, story, narrative, idea, whatever. And then you have the subtitles written out and we go more in depth into it, but they're very vivid, clear chapter by chapter outlines. And that's going to come into the next one, which is the, the fourth thing is I think is they get it written with urgency, not rushed, not too long where they've taken three, four years on this thing now, but they've done it with urgency for us in our process. A well-baked book is anywhere from four to eight weeks in the writing process. Really? If they go, yep. If they go longer than that in our, for my process over here, if we go longer than that, it's like baking a cake. I don't want it to be mushy, but mm. I don't want it to be burnt. It's a well-baked cake and it takes team, takes the right people. It takes the right process. You're following a process and it takes these things we're talking about time, timing, and the times. So I don't remember if I'm at four or if I'm at five, but I'll say this last point then is you have to have what I just mentioned, the right people and the right process. You should follow a process that has been proven before you, especially if it's your first book and you need to have the right people. You will not do a good book alone. It doesn't work that way. We don't do anything yeah. great in life alone. Yeah. Like I was just talking to my friend and I'm like, yeah, this, this, this fall is going to be pretty wild. And we're, we're uh, my wife and I were big gardeners. 
We go and we buy our food. We go to the farms. We buy food from the farmers. We're talking about that whole thing. And I said, you know, no matter how good somebody is, if I'm a warrior, if I'm a farmer, if I'm a lone ranger out there, whatever I'm doing in my life, if no matter how good I am at that thing, if I am alone, I am not going to last very long. I'm not going to be even close to where I could be if I had the support of a community around me. And we were talking about that in the context of farming and gardening. Like we've got a whole bunch of chickens at our house and we're part of like a little community of a handful of families, all similar to us. And we all help each other with our chickens, help each other with our gardens, all kinds of fun stuff like that. We couldn't do it alone. Otherwise we could never leave. That would be boring. And so you can't do anything good alone. So you got to have the right people and the right process. Yeah, that, that is for sure. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. It, that is interesting that, um, that timeline, but I guess it's because it's such a specific process mm-hmm. that you really get to put the skeleton out there and then it's just putting the meat on the bones. Yeah. When we think through the blueprint, it makes the writing process super fast and not rushed. We don't cut corners. We don't rush. Yeah. It's urgent. And we say, listen, if we can get this thing done in four weeks, why take four months or why take four right. years? Sure. If it goes past eight months, it becomes a different book. Yeah, it does. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, is, it's fun. Oh, I, I know. But, you know, that's why there's companies like yours out there. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analyst Sela Shifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts. What is story forging? Yeah, and that that really is a lot of what we're talking about right now. Okay. That burn process. It is where we are taking, and and I call it story forging because when I start with a new author, they say, hey, I want to write a book, whether they've started, whether it's an idea. I start and I sit down with them for a whole day, one-on-one. It's me and them and a bunch of whiteboards and our process, the burn process for a whole day. And we start with it. We call it story forging because we're molding and we're first getting things very, we're burning things up so we can find the purity in it. So I'm listening to people's story and I I listen to their entire life story. I've done this almost 700 times. Somebody's entire life story. It's always utterly fascinating. No matter how much they think their personal narrative has nothing to do with their topics they want to write about, there's always some vignettes we can pull from their personal life 
implant them into a book to teach a concept and make it land and it, they're total game changers. And so we start with their life story and we start with that first, whether they're a lawyer, whether they're a CPA, whether they're an artist, we start with their life story. And I really think if they're wanting to write a book right now, and it's the time for them to write a book right now, God's been setting them up to do this for a long, long time. And he's left a lot of clues as to what they should do. So we look at all that. We look at their story and then we, then we set up all of their ideas. They just brain dump on me. Every idea they've ever thought about that they want to go in the book, every story, narrative, concept, content, everything. We get it all out in front of us. We look at it and then we sift through it. We burn it and we find the diamonds, the steel and the gold from their life. That's story forging. I get it. Thank you for that. That puts all of it together in a nice, neat package. Um, this is so interesting. So if someone's out there and they're thinking, I've been thinking for a while about writing a book and um, using it to build credibility and, and that sort of thing, what would you say is the first step they should take? Yeah, I think the first step they should take if they've been thinking about it for a while, if they're if they're asking their friends is really truly ask themselves. And I really mean this every author. I'm starting this way. How important is it to you right now? Yeah. And if it's not important, that's OK. Like a lot of people are like I really should do this. And it's a lot of should like I should I really need to. Well, that doesn't sound fun. Um, you know, we have convictions in our company that we operate on. And values are what's important. Convictions are what you sacrifice for. And we have six convictions. One of them is joy-fueled. We are a force of joy-fueled people. And we want to be fueled by joy. We want to enjoy our work. We want to enjoy the people we're working with. Because who cares? My gosh, it's, it's life. I hate to be sound cliche, but life really is too short. To I want to do good work. I want to do hard work. I want to do things that are hard. And I want to be enjoy. I want to enjoy it. I want my people to be in joy. I want to have a healthy business with healthy people. So we got to be joy fueled and it might not be the time. And if it's not, I, I got a book right now, Diane, I've been working on it for like six months and I'm like, gosh, dang it, man. First off, I'm like, this really sucks to do it alone. I tried it. I'm like, this really sucks. Cause all my writers were slammed and I'm like, I should maybe I'll just write it. I can write. I don't want to write, man. It sucks. It's not fun doing it alone. So I, pro I, I even more believe in what we're doing now because I just tried to do the opposite of it, my own self, <laughs> not very smart. And so you got to ask yourself that. But I, I say that to say this, I put it off on the side. I'm like, nah, it's not now. It's just not important to me right now. In light of other things, it's not important to me right now. And that might be what these people need to do. And if it is important, the next thing is to find the people you're going to be working with. You don't need to worry about starting writing right now. Who are you going to do? What are you going to do? Find the right people. If that's a publisher, if that's a coach, if it's a comrade, find the right people, share your goal, ask for support. Yeah, support it is, it's huge. It is. I've noticed that as well. No um, doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I want to sort of segue a little bit because th this plays into it. Um, but I'd like you to talk some about how people can become an authority in their space. And because I'm feeling like there are things they could be doing before, like if they can't write a book right now. Yeah. Um, 
so you want the question is are there other ways they can establish themselves as authorities in their space oh yeah so i think a great segue into somebody doing a book and start a podcast Ooh. like it'll get you interviewing other experts it's going to elevate your brand it's going to build a following it's most importantly going to get you to process some of the things you want to talk about like you want to start processing it right now like what am I doing? What am I about? Who are my people? What do they need? So start a podcast. But you know, the number one thing, Diane, that, that will make somebody an authority in their market is to meet with as many people in the space, in the industry, as your customers as possible. The more you are eyeball to eyeball with your customers, with your readers, with your whoever, you are going to become an expert. If you ask them the right questions and you listen to them, you will amass authority. You will amass expertise. You're going to amass a network. And I can go all the way back to 2013 or something, maybe 2012. I profoundly met God in my life. And I said, okay, great. I'm going to do whatever I am called to do. So I, for whatever reason, I felt like I was, oh, God was telling me to mentor young men. So I started to do that. And, but here's what I did. I mentored hundreds of young dudes, total disaster, train wreck human beings, just like I was drug addicts, drug dealers, you name it in prison, out of prison, out of prison and should be in prison. Like I saw it all. And I mentored hundreds of young guys and I was intimately involved in many of their lives. And it made me an expert in coaching young men and in how to build communities around these dudes who are coming out of prison, who are just struggling in their life. Like I was back then too. And I became an expert, not because I read a bunch about it. I went to a bunch of, of, um, of, of weekend seminars because I was with those dudes every day. I intimately began to understand their life, their communities, their networks, how they would slip up, how they would get better. And, uh, even still to this day, there's a lot of mentorship I do and people wonder how I got kind of the experience I got and, and, and be able to do a couple of things we can do with the, in that work. It's purely because I was eyeball to eyeball with my quote unquote customer base or my people that I was called to at that time, every single day for, I dedicated myself to that work for a good year and a half. And I still think to this day, if somebody's like, okay, how can I start? Where do I go? If you are willing to meet with a, a handful of your potential customers, your people, God doesn't call us to do something. He calls us to a people group. And according to what the people need determines what we do. So in order to understand what should I do, it's about who do I want to serve first? And as you're with the people you want to serve, you feel called to be a part of them. You're going to have a love for them. You're going to have a ton of energy to give to them. All of those things, the more you're with them, eyeball to eyeball in their life, helping them solve their problems. That's the number one way you become an authority. That's great. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. You bet. So Jeremy, really, I, I appreciate the information. I think um, there's so much here that people can, you know, it's actionable. They can take it. It makes sense. It's um, structured. I love structure. So, you know, it's a great thing. Um, so thank you so much for spending this time with me and, and sharing this information. And if the listeners, um, want to get a hold of you how do they find you yeah thank you for asking so what we do is uh i would say just go right to our website um thronepg.com and if you go to our website 
uh, thronepg.com. You're going to find a lot of resources. One of them is we have a, a download 10 ways to save, to save $10,000 writing your next book. And it really is like, a, I try to pack in 15 years of experience into how does somebody save as much money as possible on their next book? And we got 10 ways to save 10 K and I, hopefully that will be a good resource for you, but there's also a bunch of contact information for us there. So you can absolutely find us out there. Uh, and I would say that would be a great way for us, for someone to find us. And I really appreciate you uh, letting me share that. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I think it, you know, it's, it's really valuable and having shared all this information, people get it right. So um, that's awesome. great. Yep. Yep. Wonderful. So as I said, thank you. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Right.